I'm Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of the San Francisco Chronicle. Today on Fifth Emission, we have something special for you. It's the story of Braden Varney, a bulldozer operator for Cal Fire, and it's told by Lizzie Johnson. Lizzie covers wildfires for the Chronicle, and she has a special talent in finding the stories that make these tragedies hit home. Stories that remind all of us about the unique terror these natural disasters bring to our state. In her story, you'll hear Braden Varney's closest friend, his chief, his wife, and his swamper. That's what they call a dozer operator's assistant. You'll come to know this man, and I think you'll hear why his community was so devastated when he died. You'll also get a view into the unique culture of the men and women who fight these fires for us. When we come back, Lizzie Johnson on the life and death of Braden Varney. Conversation recorded on July 14th, 2018. Those are tender 4242, 4211 on the command. Braden Varney is an HFEO, a heavy fire equipment operator. Hi, Braden, where are you at? He drives a bulldozer, number 4242, to open roads and create fire breaks for CAL FIRE, the California Department of Forestry and Fire Protection. He's based in Mariposa, a forested county near Yosemite National Park. End of recording. Who is it? Daddy! How do you know it's Daddy? I always know his truck is coming. 4242. His kids, five-year-old Malia and three-year-old Nolan, are as fascinated with his trucks and equipment as Braden was with his father's. Gordy Varney was also a dozer operator. First week back to work after workers' comp, hurting his shoulder. Braden's wife, Jessica, is taking video as the kids see Braden's new transport truck for the first time. It's his first day back after being sidelined for nine months with a shoulder injury. She does this a lot. Their father had so many amazing qualities as a human being. The best qualities any human being could have, he had them. And I've got lots, and I've taken videos since the, the day they were born. Sounds like Nolan just honking the horn. Daddy. The kids are running over there and just climbing up in the bulldozer. And then as we're standing there, beep, 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 he got Paige, just getting called out to the Ferguson fire. He said, oh, it's a big one. Didn't even cross my mind that it'd be the last time I'd say goodbye. The Ferguson fire ignited west of Yosemite at the outset of a catastrophic dry season in California. It would prove unusually deadly for firefighters, the deadliest in a decade. Braden Varney, 36 years old and a veteran of 11 years with Cal Fire, died when his dozer tumbled into the Merced River Canyon. He'd been trying to meet another bulldozer, who was working from the opposite side of the drainage that night. I copy. I'll relay to him. He's not able. He's not been getting out on command, too, in the dozer. I don't know what's going on with it, but I'm relaying for him. His assistant, known as a swamper, was Will Williams. Around 3 a.m., Will left to grab hose line from headquarters in Mariposa. And while he was away... Braden stopped responding on the radio. Yeah, I've heard it. We haven't been able to get in touch with them 42 yet, so we'll get out when we can. At 27, Will Williams was almost a decade younger than Braden. Throughout this episode, you'll hear some background noise when he talks. 
I interviewed him off the highway. You're hearing heavy equipment and traffic. The first time I met Braden, I think I was probably seven or eight years old. And uh, me and my dad went to go uh, cut wood at a, a ranch above our, uh, up the road from our house. As Braden's swamper, Will assisted him on the fire line, delivering any tools or supplies that he might need. On especially dangerous ground, he walked ahead of the bulldozer looking for rocks or other things that might cause trouble. Like Braden, Will followed his father into firefighting. It was a pretty dynamic duel between the two. They're both extremely great equipment operators. And some of the things they do on a, on a bulldozer just amazes me. You know, I'd be out ahead of them on fires or behind them or, you know, somewhere else, and I'm just watching them. It was just their techniques and the things they did was just amazing. Braden's skill with the dozer is one of the reasons no one was too concerned when he couldn't be reached on the radio in the pre-dawn hours of July 14th. He was dispatched to places other bulldozer operators wouldn't go. And his wife, Jessica, thought he was untouchable. He's like overqualified for his job. Like he's invincible. Like nothing would ever happen to him. He's too good at what he does. He's too good. He knows too much. He's too well-skilled. Like, I was never worried. Never worried about anything happening. He didn't just drive a dozer for Cal Fire. He also ran his own grading business. He and his father, Gordy, had founded it before Gordy died in 2012. Moving dirt was what Braden Varney was all about. I don't know if maybe you could relay for me, try to get down into 4242. Yeah, I haven't heard from him at all. We tried a couple of times on our side of the world and just unable to raise him. There were other reasons not to worry. It really is no surprise when an HFEO doesn't answer the call on a radio. Nancy Corporate was the unit chief. This is her speaking at Braden's memorial service in Modesto. HFEOs are hell-bent on their ways. That's why we love them. They are experts in their field. Every firefighter here knows it. If you don't, they will tell you. So again, no one was especially concerned when the HFEO finds it tough to stop operating the dozer he loves to pick up the radio he hates. Meanwhile, Will Williams continued to search for Braden in the River Canyon. Do you have any air, air resources that can spot Braden down there? Because we can't, we can't get him on the radio and... We shouldn't even be down in here as far as we are. Nothing, nothing. You know, oh, maybe he's probably sleeping. Braden, he's probably down there sleeping. At that, that marble phone, he's probably down there sleeping. Okay. No, I didn't realize that. No problem, Walt. Uh, yeah, air attack over top. Oh, we'll try to get him going for that. Something. I try not to listen to the radio on my days off. I listen to the radio enough at work. <laughs> Dean Mullis was Braden Varney's best friend. People call him Woody. They'd known each other since they were boys. But it was in our hometown, and you're concerned. It was in our home community. So I, I turned on my HT, and I was listening to it. Not long before this night, Braden had told Woody that if anything ever happened to him, he wanted Woody to be there for his kids. And I got a phone call from another dozer operator who uh, said, hey, I think... They're looking for Braden. They're looking for 42. And um, at some point, I heard rollover. There's two same call notification. Highway 140 with a cross of Lake 
you for a bulldozer rollover. A helicopter crew had spotted metal gleaming in the brush. Medic 22 responding at 0852 on MAS 1304. This will be for a bulldozer rollover. Back in the canyon, Will was still searching for Braden's bulldozer. I just remember my dad. He honked the horn. And, um, just gave me the, the sign, just come on, we gotta go. Dean Mullis. Woody, Braden's best friend. And I just remember tension. I remember voices on the radio, and I can't remember exactly what the words were said, but it was, you could hear the urgency in certain people's voices on the radio. Copy that. Also, H40 is being started for a precautionary in case they need a rescue. It pretty much all sank in of what, it, what the outcome was going to be. Will scrambled downhill through the brush toward the bulldozer. It was 9 a.m., already hot and sunny. Sweat streaked his face. Against all logic, he was still hoping to find Braden alive. Remember just calling for him. Calling and calling and calling. Hoping, you know. Uh-huh. And he got to the tractor and I didn't I didn't notice him. I, I think I was just in denial and shock. I didn't I didn't, I didn't see Brayden. He called up the hill to his father, Walt. He couldn't find Brayden. And then he did. Everything just kinda hit me at once and I just kinda took a deep breath. Then I went back to the tractor, and that's where I I found him. Woody heard Will over the radio scanner. He was devastated. And the very first thing that I did was uh, I I texted him. And I thanked him for being... uh, uh, the best friend that I've ever known. And then I just, the rest is kind of black. Firefighting is a tight community. Chief Nancy Corporage still cries when she recalls the day Braden died. Losing Braden is a gut punch like no other. It hurts to your very soul. We'd not only lost a firefighter, we'd lost a brother and a friend. But now we had another job to do, and that was to get Braden home. It went from a, um, a rescue mission to basically you know, a recovery. So the unit jumped into action. Because really, no matter what the crisis, we are firefighters. And by God, we are going to do right by Braden and his family. They couldn't bring Braden back. He was already dead. The only thing they could control was how soon they delivered his body home to the people who loved him but it wouldn't happen for three days. Fire was creeping toward the area. It was incredibly steep and incredibly dangerous. A specialized crew would have to be brought in from Fresno. Firefighters knew what was at stake. They knew it was dangerous. The fire was coming. But that's what firefighters do. And Braden was brought to the road. Crews were finally able to pull Braden from the canyon. 
32 firefighter inmates helped. It was too smoky to have a helicopter pull him out in a basket. That was the original plan. So the specialized firefighters and prison inmates formed a line to carry him, hand over hand, from the hillside to the hiking trail. Over a loudspeaker, Amazing Grace played, the bagpipes echoing through the canyon. He was doing what we do in this job all summer long. Somewhere in the state of California, probably once or twice or every day, there's a bulldozer on a ridge, on the side of a ridge, or an engine, or a crew captain that's being told that there's work up ahead. And they're trying to get to that work. Some of the most dangerous things that we do in this job is just simply tracking down a road. In that way, Braden was an ordinary man doing an ordinary thing. To Braden... That was a road. Yeah, it's steep. Yeah, it's rocky. If it's something that the Varneyman taught me is it's always steep, it's always rocky, so either get used to it or find a different job. It's hard to imagine him ever considering taking on a different job. Braden loved running a bulldozer, and he loved the community of Mariposa that was his home base. He just had amazing character, traditional values. He would include you, you know. He just was an open guy, and he didn't care what you looked like. He didn't care about who you hung out with. He brought you along. Um, Generous. Everybody will tell you he was the most generous person they've ever met and one of the most kind. And it's just so sad that somebody like that's gone because this world should have a million Bradens. In it. it would be such a much a better place. It's been more than a year since Brayden's death. Jessica sees reminders of him everywhere. She's the only young widow in a conservative town. She doesn't want to leave Mariposa because Malia and Nolan are thriving. That's thanks to her strength. It's thanks to Woody for keeping his promise to look out for his friend's kids. And it's thanks to the support of a community that loved Brayden, just as he loved them. Conversation recorded on July 14th, 2018. For 5th Mission, I'm Lizzie Johnson. End of recording. This episode was written by Lizzie Johnson and King Kaufman and produced by King. Thank you to the bagpipes and drums of the Emerald Society of the Chicago Police Department for their permission to use their recording of Amazing Grace. Their website is copsandkilts.com. Fifth Emission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth Emission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.